Yesterday, I was in three hours of class about genomics and plasmids and gene stuff. So you'd think that I would be more prepared for this specifically, but um, uh-huh. really all it did was confirm that I still don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good to know your limitations. Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, and today I have been genetically recombined with a bird that also has a superpower, (laughs) and it's only 2%. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. One day I'll land on the right one. So the bird that I have been genetically recombined with <laughs> is an extremely large dwarf pigeon. Ah, what? <laughs> That's an oxymoron. Mm, intriguing. <laughs> the superpower is very large. Extremely, please. Oh, extremely, extremely large. Extremely large dwarf pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does that just mean it's a regular size pigeon? Yep, it's just a normal pigeon. <laughs> it's just a regular pigeon. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. So yeah, uh, while we were preparing for this recording and I was getting that name, Hannah left for a second. Sam and I were sitting in silence until I just started cackling <laughs> and my mic volume was way up. <laughs> so she was like, oh my god. Yeah. It's pretty loud. <laughs> Anyway, yep, that's who I am. What about you guys? Well, my name's Sam, and today I am 2% Iron Fister Avocado Plover. Fister? That's what it says. Iron Fister. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it might... Oh, I wonder if it's supposed to be Iron Fisted. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be Fisted. I like Iron Fister. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, what have we done? Crime. That's a crime. <laughs> That's a crime. Okay, wait, what was the rest of it? I literally didn't hear any other part of it. Avocado clover. Okay, great. Oh, yeah, yeah, that part's fine. That part's great. I love everything. That part's part of great. It. Totally normal. Who are you? Last one. The last one is me, Hannah. But today, 2% of me is genetically recombined with a screaming blanket macaw. <laughs> uh... Which... Kind of just seems like a thing that some people have in their house. Yeah, that just seems like a normal macaw. <laughs> it just seems like a normal macaw. All of those other parts are unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the reason that we are 2% genetically recombined with birds, uh, who also have superpowers, is because we're reading Maximum Ride, The Angel Experiment. And how about you guys tell us what happened in the four chapters that we read this week? All right, let's hope there's no typos in the summary that I read. So, uh, <laughs> That was embarrassing. Anyways, (laughs) chapter 21 starts us off with Max trying to help a 12-year-old girl who we learn is named Ella from the teenage boys that are ganging up on her, one of which has a shotgun, which is terrifying. The boys uh, gang up on Max and she proceeds to, I quote, uh, kick their butts 
And in the flurry of the fight, Max tells Ella to run away, which she does. And Max continues to fight the boys. Uh, the one with the shotgun then aims to shoot. And Max takes off into the forest, which brings us to chapter 22. As Max is running, the boys continue to shoot at her with the shotgun. And one actually manages to hit her in the shoulder slash wing. Max goes down and ends up in the underbush where the wild boys, as she says, uh, continue on right past her. She has some that. like weird names that she calls those boys <laughs> it was it was something all right i guess we'll get to that after i talk about chapters 23 and 24 they are nudge and fang chapters nudge announces that she's hungry to fang who strongly and silently leads them to a cave on the top of a nearby cliff where he and nudge eat dried fruit and chocolate nudge is like wait why did Max go off on some random rescue mission to some random girl while we're in the middle of a rescue mission for Angel? And like, yeah, girl, same. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Then there's a cliffhanger because they're on the edge of a cliff. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> <laughs> we also are no. reading chapter 24. <laughs> In which basically nothing happens except that Nudge and Fang make friends with a bunch of ferruginous hawks. I can't believe you call that nothing. I said basically nothing. It was so wholesome and wonderful. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. We still have three chapters to cover first. And I don't know about you, but the chapter I hyperfixated on this week is the first one. So I have a lot to say. <laughs> oh, neat. I have a couple things to say. I remember that there's a bird that flies and runs. So I just wanted to say that maybe because the beginning of this chapter is Max landing and then running. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's a bird that flies and also runs. And that's the secretary bird. <laughs> oh, So I just wanted to say secretary bird and that maybe Max is that. <laughs> I feel like secretary birds are like too fabulous yeah femme yeah yeah that's a great point they are too femme too femme have you ever seen a secretary bird they have the longest eyelashes in the world they look like they would be a secretary who would have sex with your like stereotypical like sitcom husband yeah they would absolutely destroy you yeah just like emotionally yeah they've too many feminine wiles i can't speak to their feminine wiles but <laughs> yeah yeah, but they have like extremely long legs, uh -huh. which they use for kicking snakes and nice. running around on. I just thought it was interesting because they're, I don't know, they have long lower body, much like I imagine a human bird kid would. True. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, but then their legs are also like the width of a single chopstick. So <laughs> I mean, Max did say that the bird kids are all tall and slim. That's so, true. Maybe. Maybe they just have, like, stick legs. Maybe this is why Max has so much internalized misogyny. Because secretary birds are gorgeous. And she's like, no, I can kick snakes. I'm not just a pretty face. Plus, technically, secretary birds are raptors. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah? So they know that. So the fact that they can run around oh. means that it's relevant to this book. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, what I do like about the description of a secretary bird is that, like, it describes how long their, like, leg and leg, legs, plural, not just one, <laughs> <laughs> legs and tail, like, they have a huge, a very big tail also. And so it's just, like, both of these things factor into making it both taller and longer than any other raptor. <laughs> and uh -huh. I don't know why it's so funny <laughs> to be described as longer. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's one long bird. <laughs> That's a long bird. I'm going to move on to the to something else. Yeah, I didn't really have anything to follow up on that. I just wanted to talk about secretary birds. You should look up videos of them kicking snakes. It's fun. Oh, yeah? <laughs> just, just I was saying you to the listener, but also you guys. <laughs> I'm going to do like that it. later. What did you want to talk about? Well, you talked about the legs and tail. I want to talk about the wings. Specifically how when Max lands... She accordions her wings up against her spine. And I was like, excuse the fuck out of you. What do you mean? (laughs) Birds don't do like accordions. Birds don't do that. They just like tuck their wings, right? Like they fold them along the joint and then they tuck them. Well, they have like at least four joints to fold, you know? So that's kind of accordion. (laughs) Okay, but not as accordion-y as beetles do. Oh, oh, yeah. I was trying to research this and apparently it's been like this massive mystery for years how ladybugs have these like long, very like strong membranous wings that when they land, they just tuck them all the way up the elytra, which is like the pretty ladybug wings, the like hard outer wings. And they're like, they just put them up there. The wings don't break they don't like become brittle at the fold points like how do they even do that and there were these scientists in japan that like replaced the ladybug elytra with a transparent substitute and then filmed ladybugs in like ultra slow motion and figured out how they fold the wings it's like folding a fitted sheet they like fold them in from the sides and then they accordion the wing up underneath the elytra against the abdomen and it's very interesting but the problem I have with this is if you look at it in slow motion, the way the like el- the elytra and the abdomen of the ladybug move in order to like get the wings folded up makes it look like they're eating them. And it makes me oh. wildly uncomfortable. It's <laughs> 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 like, nom, nom, nom. It's like, this is like <laughs> how I feel like I look when I'm trying to eat ramen and the noodles are too long. <laughs> and I don't want to slurp them because that sprays broth everywhere. So you just like chomp some in with your tongue and then you have to keep chomping until all of the ramen is your is in your mouth. Mm-hmm. That's what ladybugs do with their do wings. With their wings. <laughs> Isn't it aren't a lot of them where they have to like I don't know, deflate them? Like do they have to deflate Ooh. the veins or something? Maybe. Was that in there? I was mostly looking at the shape and the mechanical mechanism. Uh, There was a lot of mention of veins, but I was like, this is too detailed for me. Okay. I don't know (laughs) anything about it. I just, I think there's something about how essentially a hydrostatic skeleton, right? Where they fill up the veins with like fluid to make them like stiff. And then to fold them up, they have to like pull it back in. So that That would make sense. It does like, I did see at a couple points that ladybugs have like particularly thick veins in their wings for their size so if they're using them as a hydrostatic skeleton then that makes sense i could be fully lying i didn't look this up and i who knows off of probably something i read on twitter so who knows (laughs) (laughs) probably in a video game somewhere anyway the point of all this is that bugs do accordion wings so why not bird kid they don't have bones though (laughs) yeah that's true but also beetles are like the group that does this accordion wing folding they're also one of the groups that's known for being like particularly strong for their body size which is something that's come up before with these bird kids and something that comes up again in these chapters 
So I'm going to posit that perhaps they are not only 2% bird, perhaps they are also 1% beetle. Okay, birds are pound for pound way stronger than humans, though. (laughs) I just want them to be beetles. (laughs) I can't believe I'm the one arguing against invertebrates. But I can believe you're the one arguing against my increasingly ridiculous and less parsimonious (laughs) ideas. (laughs) Yeah. That yeah. sounds right. <laughs> uh, someone has to be the voice of reason on this podcast. And most of the time it's Sam. Sometimes oh! it's Sophie. But it's never me. <laughs> <laughs> That's important to remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of related to this, since you brought it up, I did look up bird strength versus human strength. So, I mean, there's not like... This is like the most scientific. People aren't just out being like, let's compare if a human-sized bird and a human-sized human fought or whatever. But I mean, I'm sure there's a YouTube channel. You could fight a duck-sized human, a human-sized duck. Human-sized duck, yeah, for sure. So mostly I'm pulling this from like an assessment on why humans could never fly under their own power. That seems relevant. (laughs) Yeah. And basically what it boils down to is that like human muscles, the way like based on how the rest of our body, like our bones and everything are made, humans are too heavy to ever be able to develop muscle mass that could lift us (laughs) without the added muscle mass then becoming too heavy (laughs) right like so as you build muscle it becomes heavier and so you just would never be able to like fly okay that's kind of hilarious yeah so (laughs) humans could never fly with their arms unfortunately oh which is sad for me and i would love to be able to fly i also think that but i do have the ability to run and i hate doing that (laughs) so you have the ability to swing through trees technically Yeah, I have the ability to do lots of things that I absolutely do not want to do. So probably if I had the ability to fly, I would hate doing it because it would be too hard. (laughs) Too much work. Too Man, I never thought of it that way. I always thought with like flying, it'd be like, oh, it'd be so much fun, but you're so right. It would just be like (laughs) having to go for a run and I'd be like, well, fuck that. Right? Okay, but like objectively, <laughs> all of us go swimming a lot. I do enjoy swimming. That is yeah, true. Yeah, but so... part of the appeal of swimming is that the medium you're in holds some of your weight for you. That is true. Flying does the same thing. You can but with glide. Your wings? You can't just glide while running. <laughs> you have to stop. You can if you fall when <laughs> you're going downhill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so flying, you know, there are thermals. You can spiral True. up. Yeah, and then just I could just down. bring like a battery powered hair dryer and just that's, blow it under my wings. That's not, that's not how that works. <laughs> uh huh. No. I don't know. It seems like it could work. Let me know how that goes for you. The other thing about birds is that they have hollow bones, which we've talked about in the Aragon chapters, which actually means that. They have pockets in their bones that their respiratory system goes into, full of air sacs to light. Full of air sacs. Yeah. A totally normal thing to have in your human body. The way that the actual structure of the bone is made means that the bone itself is stronger than human bone. (laughs) Really? Yeah. The way. Oh. That's what. That's. 
like it's again it's weird to it's a weird comparison but (laughs) it's actually stronger for how it's built because it has to be able to like take a lot more strain especially in the wings right then because of how energetically expensive it is (laughs) no because of how how hard it is to fly not energy it doesn't have anything to do with energy takes a lot of energy to flap your wings physical damage (laughs) so when max is fighting these wild boys Uh uh-huh uh she talks about how she's like stronger than adult humans and when she kicks the guy or something it's like wow that would have just made fang whatever but this guy it knocked him over and i hypothesize that that Uh is because they have stronger bones stronger very strong bones <laughs> so strong okay because i was like how does it make any sense that she kicks this kid and breaks his rib and fang is fine when fang has hollow bones but if the hollow bones are structurally more sound than like the tube that is a human bone then that would make sense it would. yeah i buy huh. it yeah i'm convinced yeah it could just be also that there's like more muscle mass to protect it especially in like the torso in the chest region yeah yeah Yeah, this thing i was reading was like if humans wanted to fly they'd need hella pec muscles and i'm like not imagining all of the bird kids with skinny little (laughs) stick legs (laughs) so jacked up top so jacked just in the chest though like (laughs) yeah teeny little arms but oh my god (laughs) giant giant shoulders just a triangle on legs yep Wow. Yeah. That's so. delightful and hilarious. Especially if you imagine them flying <laughs> vertically. Yeah. I, what's really getting me is, like I said last time, what are they doing with that tail? Where's the tail? What's happening? Where's the tail? How do they steer? How do they steer? Maybe they waggle their feet around. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're like, like cetaceans and, I guess, fish. <laughs> Lots of things that swim in the ocean. They swim with their tail and stabilize with their pectoral fins, which are like the flippers. So yeah. maybe they steer with their arms. Or they just have really big feet. <laughs> they just have really big feet. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining them flying like, zoom, with Mew. their arms now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, Tipo's flying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so stupid. It is. I think it would have to be down, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because the wings are... Don't take away my vision. Okay, sorry. No, but I I feel like having their arms pointed straight down is also funny. funny. It is is what I was saying. Uh True. Yes. That is very good. Quite funny to imagine. Oh my god. You know, I don't necessarily approve of like AI artists, but I kind of wish I was one so that I could recreate this vision. I mean, the thing about AI is that you could be. I could be. You just have to spend four days coming up with the words. Yeah, I don't care enough. (laughs) Speaking of hilarious imaginings, I can understand that windbreakers exist outside of the (laughs) 80s. But I I can only imagine it as like a neon pink and blue and green situation. It has to be like a neon pink and teal, right? Like there's no other option. Did we say that? That's what Max uses to disguise herself. She, like, accordions her wings against her spine and then puts on a windbreaker. Yeah. Yep. 
It's great. Okay, wait. What kind of what piece of clothing do you think Max would use in twenty? What year is it? Twenty twenty three. That isn't an eighties windbreaker. <laughs> a windbreaker again? No, it can't be that. They were pretty popular like a couple years ago, but I don't think they're trendy now. Now the early two thousands are cool again. So what would she wear from the early two thousands? <laughs> a a jean scarf. Jacket? <laughs> oh, a jean jacket. <laughs> a jean jacket. A Very skirt good. over jeans. A skirt Ooh, over a jeans. A skirt over her jeans on her waist. A long blue skirt. <laughs> One of those uh, green military jackets that I still have. Oh, oh that's a good those one. Those are good. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty yeah. classic. People always say those are out of style, and I still have mine, and I'm like, but I still like it. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> I know. I don't use TikTok, but I will watch Instagram reels every once in a while. And Instagram basically the same, but worse. Continually suggesting this account that does uh, redo this millennial fashion, and every single millennial fashion is one that I really thought was still in. Oh yeah, me too. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I don't want to get rid of it because it's always like, anyway, here's how to turn this into pants, and I'm like, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want pants. I don't want to wear pants. Don't make me. Should we talk about Max's super cool <laughs> baseball analogy where she's like squaring up with these teenagers? <laughs> she's like counting off the mistakes they make before she's going to kick their butts. And then it's three mistakes and bam, you're out, which is how they say it in baseball. Three mistakes. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> three mistakes. A class, a classic sports reference. <laughs> a classic sports reference said by a 14-year-old who probably has never watched a sport. You know, what if all of these weird references are because they, like, heard the scientists talking about baseball, and they've never, like, watched baseball, but they're like, yeah, yeah I understand like how this. humans talk. That's and it's believable. Like yeah. yeah, that's upsetting. <laughs> now I'm sad. What I liked about the second mistake, third mistake, first mistake, I liked that too. That they called her chick. Because <laughs> she's a Bird. She's, she's a juvenile bird. bird. <laughs> it was so inappropriate in the moment. It did not seem like something one of these boys had to put it in there. And Max doesn't catch it that it's hilarious. That one's just for us. No, that one's just for mm-hmm. us. Oh my god, yeah. No, it's just like shut up, chick. And it's like that's not. No one would. Nobody that. would say that. <laughs> it would more be like shut up, bitch. That's a more realistic thing. Yeah, exactly. But you, you can't... can't say that in a. <laughs> Middle grade yeah. novel or why? No, or you say Jesus. You say Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's on Jeezum. my list. Thanks. That was perfect. Jesus. Can't say gun, but you can say Jesus. You can say Jesus. Say bitch. I I mean I do appreciate Max's like gun control agenda because I agree, but also this kid just has a gun. He's like what like 15 and he's just walking around in public with a shotgun i did look up how many shotgun shells or how many shots a shotgun can hold because i was like oh one for each hole one for each (laughs) yeah but apparently it's uh the sort of hunting standard so that most guns are like made just to have the hunting standard number they're allowed to have huh is three one to three shots i just thought i was like if it's just once yeah they can't have shot didn't they only shoot it they shot it a bunch of times. <laughs> That's wild. Again, about this gun. I have a couple things to say about this gun, apparently. Sure. When Max, like, is finished, like, badass 
chick posturing <laughs> yeah. with these teenagers. <laughs> one of the things she does is she like grabs the shotgun out of one of the boy's hands and like uses it to pistol with him. <laughs> yeah. And then the next time the gun shows up, that guy is picking it up off the ground. Why did you not just hold on to the gun? <laughs> did you put it down? Well, maybe it's because it's like one of them, she hits the guy and then she tells Ella to run. And then yeah. one of the guys grabs her arm. It doesn't say anything about the gun, but I would assume he would have grabbed the arm with the gun. And so maybe, maybe she just like ditched it to get out of his hold. Yeah. Dumped it. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't know how to use a gun, so. I mean, maybe it's one of those skills that she has, but never had to use. Yeah, mm. maybe. Yeah, because Jeb taught them self-defense, but they'd never had to use it before yesterday, which I guess is when this book started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been you one know. day. I feel like it's been longer than, I thought it was like two or three days maybe, but no, it's Much been longer, one day. Yeah. No, one day. Do you want to move on to the next chapter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing that happens in this one really is wings and guns yeah <laughs> and a fist fight and then max gets like she's still wearing her windbreaker so she can't take off and fly away <laughs> well yeah but she also doesn't want them seeing which yeah. i think is she couldn't let those yo-yos see her wings <laughs> yeah. oh my god like, oh do you mean the bozos or <laughs> uh-huh. the bully boys <laughs> A lot of Wild. a lot of good names. Max gets yep. shot in this chapter. Yeah, she sure does. It hits her shoulder and her wing. I think that's important because it does confirm that her wing is up at her shoulder. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. It's not at the small of her back. No. Where it would make so much more sense. I'm so frustrated <laughs> with Max's 14-year-old decision-making skills. Yeah. Like, oh my god. To do this? Like, she had to go down and play the hero, which is her fatal flaw or whatever but it's like great now you've gotten shot and delayed twice going to rescue the like little sister you think of as your baby and now you won't be able to do it as effectively because you got shot doing something unnecessary like oh my god max get your priorities (laughs) straight what the hell see i as someone who remembers what comes from this i'm like no but it's so important (laughs) so she's doing so important oh does angel have like healing powers or something that's she does. save that for the end. <laughs> no guessing oh. yet. Well, I mean, I didn't think it was going to come up in the next chapter because despite the fact that we have been on this angel mission for like three episodes, nothing's happened yet. <laughs> Nothing has happened. <laughs> what do you mean? Max just got shot. Max, true. Max just got shot. Also, somehow her windbreaker falls off when that happens. Yeah, I, I don't know. I read this chapter three times because I was like, where does the windbreaker go? I don't know what. I don't, I don't know. Where know. It goes. I was thinking maybe, like, it says she covered her wings with a windbreaker, and I was thinking she probably put it on, but maybe she just, like, draped it around her neck like a... cool prep kid. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, a white... (laughs) I was gonna say, like, a white gay man in a sitcom. (laughs) Yeah. With a sweater, you know? Or, or like, a white woman in the 80s. I feel like that's something they did, didn't they? I don't Uh think this book takes place in the 80s, but I could be wrong. Maybe all of the entertainment media that Jed... Jed? Jeb was able to get a hold of was from the 80s, which is why Max wears a windbreaker and says things like, Jesus. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. They only have the internet but maybe they have the old internet oh that's true the old internet yeah 
I mean, it was like 2004 internet. I don't know what was on the internet in 2004 in Neopets, probably. Yeah, definitely Neopets. Homestar Runner. <laughs> Maybe Max just had the windbreaker like tied around her neck like a cape, and that's how it fell off. Probably. Because if you know anything about windbreakers, they are pretty slippery <laughs> when they come untied. <laughs> yes. If you're familiar with a windbreaker. <laughs> you're familiar with a windbreaker it's not just the pants that go whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> the jackets do too and they will whoosh, their way right off yeah. if you're not careful i was just assuming <laughs> that she fell down so hard that it fell off <laughs> <laughs> fell off i think like part of the reason i was having a problem is when i imagine a windbreaker i imagine the 80s ones that were like pullovers oh and i'm like i like how could you possibly have like a pullover jacket just fall off of you (laughs) (laughs) they shot it off of her (laughs) they shot it off of her with the shotgun yeah the shotgun actually had like a cartoon hand in it and it was like yoink (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) although i guess if it it had hit her shoulder it could have like torn yeah like enough that it could have I don't know. I don't I'd... think it could have. I don't think know. it could have, but it definitely would have torn she if she was still dead, wearing it. I, think. I appreciate where the idea was, but yeah, she for a hole to be that big that it would fall off, she'd be dead. <laughs> I yeah. don't think birds are immune to guns. No. <laughs> she would have like a gaping, ginormous hole in her shoulder, which I mean, like, yeah. maybe she she'd lose her well. arm. Yeah. She yeah. could maybe survive it, but she would lose her arm. Yeah. I mean, she's a YA character. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Yeah. I forgot because, dang, this is what happens when we don't <laughs> record the right day. I forgot that uh-huh. the whole thing about the shotgun only having one to three shots. I was going to make a joke that that's the standard oh. for bird hunting. <laughs> oh. Oh. And that's why it's well. important because they shot Mags with it and she's a bird. And so she's a bird. It would be oh, illegal if they had had more than three shots. <laughs> Oh well, boy. that explains it. She's a migratory bird covered by the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. <laughs> but she's a two percent bird. I think that recovers uh, things that are like ninety eight percent bird. I mean, does it specify? I don't know about American laws, but I know in Canadian law, a fish is literally just anything that lives in water. Like a whale is a fish, a lobster is a fish, an eel is a fish, a fish is a fish. So maybe in the US as well, it's like, oh, migratory bird is just like anything that flies as part of its like life function to travel I think for reproductive or whatever purposes. Is it? I, but I think it has to be a native species because you could hunt non-native species and game birds. Do you think Max is a game bird? Is she a game bird? Oh, no. Oh, so I just had... A stupidest thought. <laughs> if Max is 2% bird, is there a bird out there that's 2% human? <laughs> that is an awful thought. What do they have? Little fucking human feet? <laughs> Fingernails. <laughs> Just human eyes. My immediate thought was a bird with a human mouth. <laughs> Oh, that's I terrible. Think, I think by the logic of this, they would just have human arms. <laughs> they would just have arms. <laughs> okay, but no, wait. They would have to have arms and wings still, though. Right? Because, like... Yeah. Yeah. The kids have wings and arms. And they would be nearsighted. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be able to oh see. Oh my very god. Well. <laughs> they would have shitty bones. That's they terrifying. Would be too heavy. They wouldn't be able to fly because they'd be too heavy. For those of you who don't follow Sophie on Twitter, uh, you just got a calendar recently oh, yeah. sent anonymously to your house that was birds with human legs. And butts. Oh, <laughs> and yes. butts. Because 
uh, people love to send Sophie things with of animals with human butts. <laughs> it's like a thing. There's only um, two. <laughs> it's all. It's still coincidence until it's three. <laughs> uh... Okay, but if you had a nickel for every time that happened, you'd have two I'd nickels. Have two nickels. <laughs> Which isn't a lot, but it's strange that it happened twice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wish I got a dollar. That would be better. So what I'm saying is, A, maybe these 2% human birds just have human butts. Yeah. And B, if you find anything that has a butt on an animal, send it to Sophie. No. Okay, but only if it's anonymous. It took me four days to figure out who sent me the bird with human butts calendar. And it was a wonderful four days. <laughs> Being like, wow, like who would do this? scavenger hunt. I was like, wow, who would do this? And then I was like, wow, probably everyone I know. I feel like for most people, they'd be able to pick their one friend who would do that, but yeah. not you. The only way I was able to narrow it down is that I remembered someone had asked me for my address. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, Max's windbreaker falls off. She falls in the bottom of a ravine, and then she gets up and starts walking north. Wait, you forgot an important part. Oh, did I? She falls okay. into a patch of poison ivy. Oh, yes. Oh, she yes. Does do that. Which won't affect her because she's a bird. Well, but she's only 98% bird? That's uh -oh. not accurate. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> well, I guess we'll see if it affects her. I feel like she's more human, though, so I feel mm -hmm. like she should. Did she land on it on her wings? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god if you only touch the poison ivy with your feathers with your it's okay 2% bird with your 2% bird whichever 2% of your surface area is bird that part can touch the poison ivy yeah then she figures out which way is north by using the sun which is what Sam was suggesting she did last episode yeah and Sophie was like no here's some science to show that she does it some other way yeah she does this part in the sun but then but she's on the ground she's not in the sky Oh, so she can't she see. Can't she can it. only see the magnetic field when she's flying. Well, you can't like see it unless you can see the horizon. Really, like you have to be up in the air. I still don't think that because in the previous chapter it said she went like two degrees south. Yeah. I don't think you use the sun for that. She has a protractor in her pocket, in the pocket of her windbreaker. Uh huh. <laughs> of course. That she lost. <laughs> that she lost. So now she does. Where did she get the windbreaker in the first place? Did she have it with her? I'm assuming Jeb got them for them to hide. Yeah, they left wearing but like, them. Did, but she couldn't have been wearing it because her wings were out. You can cram those windbreakers down into. That's half of their the joy of them. They can cram into that weird little pocket they have in the the, the little pouch. Yeah. But yeah. see, this is something I've been thinking about. <laughs> is does all their clothes have wing holes? I've also been wondering this. Because it's not really it specified, but I'm assuming it must. I'm assuming all of them except the windbreakers whose express purpose is to hide the wings, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think they, like, cut holes, or do you think they're just, like, slits? Uh, nope, as soon as I said that, I imagined <laughs> it. It's a... <laughs> can't be that. Well, they can <laughs> Otherwise, the shirts would just down. be behind them like streamers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did a hand gesture with that, which was very funny, but unfortunately, it's a podcast. Do you think that makes them wing breakers? <laughs> Stop it. Well, no. I'm leaving. I think they're explicitly not breakers, right? Wing 
Thanks for wing protectors. <laughs> wing protectors. <laughs> Just let me put on my wing protectors. Let me put on my wing protectors. Push my wing glasses protectors. up nose. <laughs> oh my god. My last thing that I wanted to say in this chapter is that Max just straight up being like, I have a fatal character flaw because I'm yeah. the main yeah. character of a novel. <laughs> Which, like, I can't really talk because I love Percy Jackson and specifically in oh, Percy yeah. Jackson. A fatal flaw is like a thing, but uh-huh. it's a thing that is explained by the, you know, Greek god magic. Yeah. And the fact that they're demigods, that everyone has yeah. a fatal flaw as a hero, yeah. quote unquote. But in this, yeah. it's like Max is just like a kid. And she's like, wow, <laughs> Jeb told me I have My a fatal, fatal flaw. flaw. And it's that I care too much about underdogs. <laughs> People like, mm. don't have those, <laughs> characters have those. I was going to say, people don't, because people have complex characters. Yeah. yeah. But all of the characters in this book so far have a maximum of two character traits. A maximum ride. and that's... A maximum ride oh. of two. <laughs> but the other thing about this chapter that's also a little, like, fourth wall breaking is near the beginning of it, when Max is describing what's happening as she's running away from these gun-toting maniacs, she says, Are you wondering if I notice the similarities between this asinine situation and my dream? Well, yeah, I'm not an idiot. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. Yeah, the intro to the book is framing this as though Max is telling the story after, right? Which makes the POV switches even more jarring. It's so confusing. Yeah. I forgot. In the first chapter, speaking of POV switches, when Max lands in front of these bullies, we, like, hear their thought. It's just another stupid girl they thought relieved. I'm like, that is not something well, that I Max should that. know. Like, the way it's phrased is explicitly, like, third-person omniscient writing. Oh. But the entire rest of it is, like, first-person. Or it's, like, third-person limited from one of the other kids' views in it's other chapters. very weird stylistic choice. It's so weird. Yeah, I took it as Max assuming what they were thinking. But yeah, now that... It's not written that <laughs> yeah. way, yeah. but... I feel like that's what you're supposed to infer. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the further I get in this book, the more it feels like nobody bothered to edit it for continuity. Yeah. Which was my gripe with later books in this series. Like, I remember as a kid, the further I got into the series, the more things were, like, discontinuous and, like, didn't align with what had been stated in previous books. And I got really frustrated and stopped reading the series. <laughs> I didn't realize it had started this early. But, yeah. like, it's already happening in this one book. Which is yeah. too bad. Wild that hers other books like this. I've never read another James Me Patterson either. book. I read some of so... his Daniel X books because I liked Maximum Ride. Oh yeah, and I don't really remember, but it was like a very similar vibe. So probably because they're written more for like the fast-paced action, like to keep people hooked writing, and so most people reading James Patterson's books are not reading them this like, way four chapters at a time every I, I didn't i didn't want to say this way because i'm like nobody reads books this way but what i'm trying to say is the people that read james patterson's books are not the type of people to evaluate literature critically yeah and like there are books yeah. you read deeply and there are books you don't and, and obviously these are, these the ones are not don't. meant to be yeah i don't yeah. think you're supposed mm-hmm. to be reading every single word of these books <laughs> let's move on to the next chapter yeah, and hang out with Nudge and Fang for a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, these two chapters are Nudge POVs. 
It took me two chapters to figure that out, but I think it is. I honestly don't have anything to say about this chapter, but I really like how sweet Fang is to Nudge. Yeah, Fang is a good brother, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I think it's fun because, you know, we've been giving Max a lot of shit for how she is around Fang, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. this very clearly shows that Fang equally gets to be shit on for how yeah. he is around Max. Yeah, like Fang is very chill in yeah. this chapter. He's like nice. He like had a secret chocolate bar that he gives to Nudge. You know, he's just kind of very it's, wholesome. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like they're both very likable in this chapter. Yeah, I still really don't know who Nudge who nudges at all, even slightly, other no. than talks a lot. She seems like she has a positive attitude and maybe doesn't think that deeply about things going on around her, but just, like, is going along with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Really good right. choice over Iggy and Casman to come on. The yeah. Oh, my God. I clearly I see why they couldn't come and she could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nudge is just happy to be included. Yeah. Whereas uh, Iggy and Fang, I guess, are not happy anytime ever. No matter what. Yeah. And the gas man is just too young and chaotic, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do have some thoughts about the last chapter. Me too. Let's just go right there. <laughs> Let's go right into it. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Listen, Fang loves the ferruginous hawks, and that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's all that matters. Fang's, like, yeah. so psyched. Yeah, they, like, come out of the cave that they're in, and there's just a bunch of ferruginous hawks, and Fang is psyched yeah. about it. and. It's yeah. a good time. I like Fang in these chapters. <laughs> Before we get into like the serious serious science thoughts, Fang points out that like, oh my gosh, there's a bunch of fruginous hawks here. We have to like be very still or we'll be quote both bird feed, mm-hmm. implying that the hawks will like attack and presumably consume them. And for some reason, because I am this kind of person, apparently, all I could think from that line was that like stupid meme that's like why does Fang, the largest bird, not simply eat the other birds? <laughs> <laughs> and then I couldn't get I couldn't get past it. <laughs> Fair. But why does not Fang, the largest bird? Are we sure Fang's the largest bird? Well, yeah, because these birds have five foot wingspans. Oh, I thought you meant eating the other bird kids. <laughs> oh, no, I, I meant if these birds are going to eat him. Oh. And he's so much larger. Yeah. Then why does he, the larger bird? You know? Yeah, no, that makes I'm sense. I'm glad we spent so much time explaining how this stupid. Joke, yeah. Because really, <laughs> if they're birds, oh Max boy. would be bigger. Yeah. Because girl birds are bigger than girl birds, birds are bigger, and she's older. Yeah. Which anyway, matters what were your when you're real young. science thoughts? <laughs> the one that struck me the most was that there are multiple nests yeah. of these ferruginous hawks <laughs> yeah. on the top of this cliff, which is not a thing. No. They're not a colonial species. They're, in fact, a territorial species. The, like, data I was looking at (laughs) suggests that, like, in general, the minimum distance before one of these hawks will, like, accept a neighbor is a mile. And, like, often their territories are even larger than that. So, like, you would not have multiple nests of ferruginous hawks on one cliff. Like, that's just not a thing that would happen. They do hunt together outside of breeding season. But it's clearly breeding but season. But it's clearly breeding season. Where, yeah, <laughs> young in them. Yeah, which, like, again, this is probably the sort of thing where, especially if you live somewhere where ferruginous hawks are, you're probably used to seeing them, like, in groups of, like, 12 or, mo- or like, less or more or whatever as they can 
group up to hunt, but like you would think, oh yeah, so they probably just hang out together all the time. No, they don't. No, <laughs> quite hungry accurate. babies need a lot of food, and they would not tolerate other groups in that zone. No. no. But yeah, I don't know. It's fun regardless. Yeah, it's like a nice scene. Yeah. Also, Ferruginous hawks can't make their own nests. So oh, kind of oh, wild that, part. that. Well, oh. like they usually just take over and like slightly build up abandoned uh, okay. other species nests. So, you know, maybe okay. they all just hung out here because like eight <laughs> eagles built a nest here. But I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think eagles do that either. No. <laughs> I guess, should we backtrack a little bit? Because I didn't know what a Ferruginous hawk was before this chapter. Did we explain what this is? Yeah, <laughs> they're really common in the States. So I'm assuming most people in the States know what they are from our uh-huh. listeners. They're the biggest hawk in North America, I guess. Probably. <laughs> Definitely the States. And they're just like, Ferruginous means like rusty. So they have like very rusty brown Axe and wings. Interestingly, the same color as Nudge's wings. Yeah! <laughs> Maybe Nudge is a ferruginous hog. <laughs> That's what I took out of this, mm-hmm. is that Nudge must be recombined with a ferruginous hog. Yeah, that's sort I of mean, what I mean, must is probably a strong word, but... Yeah. Yeah, she says their wings look just like hers, that, like, rusty brown with, like, darker flecks and a, a white underside, more or less, but that they have a five-foot wingspan and hers are twice as big, which means that she has a ten-foot wingspan. Mm-hmm. So she's smaller than Max. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <Wild. laughs> I also, the thing that that made me look up when I was like, oh, this is what Nudge is based off of. Maybe. I was like, ah, I bet this is like a particularly chatty kind of raptor. Oh. Um, they are not. <laughs> oh, God. In fact, they are, they are so unchatty that their vocalizations are not particularly well described. But some of the descriptors of, or some of the words that people use to describe them are to compare them to a herring gull, which is just like, if you think of a seagull, it's probably a herring gull. So like that kind of sound or a red tailed hawk, which is the sound that gets used in Western movies. Also, I uh, just to Ferruginous hawks don't kill people. <laughs> they can't like because it says here, oh, they're going to be bird feed. We were talking about it earlier. Ferruginous hawks yeah. can't kill a person. I mean, maybe they could if they got you like in the eyeball. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Ouch. can't is a strong choice yeah. of language. <laughs> Maybe they would. I, Very I unlikely. Yeah, I don't know if they're the kind of bird that what if you were sleeping? sits on like a carcass. Oh. So I don't know. If, like, I so think, not if you were sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, maybe if they found you dead on the ground. And then I was like, mm, probably not still. I mean, they're buzzards, kind of. Don't buzzards do that? I don't know anything about buzzards. Yeah, but <laughs> different species do different things. <laughs> What? I know, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Nudge, like, can't sit still Mm -hmm. is something we learn about her. She hates sitting sitting still. She hates being quiet. She's extremely, like, fidgety, Mm -hmm. which is just interesting. Yep. That's all. Yeah. (laughs) Can't relate to that at all. (laughs) I'm literally sitting here, like, rubbing my fingers because the fidget toys I brought with me are too loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm playing with my heating pod. (laughs) <laughs> what a good time i fang seems to think that if they just sit there and not move the way nudge hates uh-huh. that the hawks will chill out and they do and i'm like that, they do. that doesn't that wouldn't. like <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> maybe if nudge is mixed with a ferruginous hawk and fully just smells like one i guess but fang is not two percent of one and fang is not a ferruginous hawk 
no. So, He'd be some other raptor. Which is way... Which would be very disconcerting. Yeah, they would be like, hell no. <laughs> like, get absolutely out of here. Get absolutely out of here. But, you know, that's fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Fruginous hawks are cool. I didn't know about them before. I like their color patterns. Yeah, they're fun. I remember what happens with the Fruginous hawks next. And I'm so excited oh. about it. <laughs> oh, oh really? Yeah. But anyway, let's... Speaking of that... Let's talk about what happens next. Oh, yeah. We do that. Yeah. So I am <laughs> going to... Yeah, we do do that. So I am going to read you the first sentence of the four next chapters. And you're going to guess what's okay. in it. Okay. So next chapter. But not that long. This is going to be a continuation of the Fruge and the Sock chapter. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the end of that one is that Nudge says she guessed it couldn't hurt to do this for a little bit longer. Yeah. So it's just a direct continuation. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I guess something happens with the Ferruginous Hawks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what. <laughs> I'm imagining that Max doesn't show up and they're going to go after Max and try and find her. Yeah, but what do the Hawks do? I Maybe the Hawks dive bomb yeah. Max. Maybe the Hawks are able to, like, smell her? Or, or like, see her? I don't know. Maybe see her? Do, maybe they try to scavenge from her body? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, that went dark. Body. Well, but Sophie said they don't do that. Anyway, the next chapter. <laughs> chapter 26 starts with, oh man. That sounds like Great. a Max opening chapter. It does sound like a Max opening line. Yeah. So I She's guess she can't be dead. bleeding in the ravine somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Walking north towards Lake Mead. Yep. Probably talking about, or thinking about how stupid she was to go and get shot. That's totally... Not groovy or something. Oh my god. Totally not groovy. <laughs> totally not groovy. It's whack, man. <laughs> yeah. The chapter open. This situation totally stank. Does it say that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> okay, next chapter. Chapter 27. Okay, two more blood samples and the glucose assay will be done. Oh, we're back in Angel. Yeah. Wait, yeah, no, I was like, could we be with the Gasman and Iggy? But no, no. Oh. No, because they're building a bomb. They're not dealing We're with glucose. We're building a glucose. bomb, yeah. Yeah, they're doing chemistry, not biology. The scientists are doing creepy, evil stuff for no particularly good reason. Hell yeah. Okay, Yeah. next chapter. <laughs> uh-huh. And the fourth, final one starts with... Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. <sighs> That's not helpful when oh, you Oh, wait, do no, that. I guess it's a comma. So, okay, said Iggy. <laughs> oh, oh, well. <laughs> All right, so it's a gas man POV. Yeah. <laughs> they built their bomb. They built the bomb. Oh, boy. I remember nothing of this book, honestly. Like, I don't I know I thought anymore. I remembered some of it, but no. clearly no. I don't remember the Iggy and the angel stuff. I just remember the Max <laughs> and Ferruginous yeah, Fox stuff. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. Good guesses. Okay, let's talk about what else we're reading. I think since we last recorded, I have read both Delilah Green Doesn't Care and Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail. Dang. That sounds right. Yeah, I don't think I was reading Delilah Green the last time. So I've read both of those. They're fun. They're rom-coms. And I double-checked, and yes, every book I've read this year has been a rom-com. I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I'm (laughs) fine. I'm writing my thesis, okay? (laughs) It's allowed. I'm just reading I'm 
mostly just impressed that you're reading anything at all, frankly. Whenever I go to school, I stop reading instantly. (laughs) Yeah, I also read a Cat Sebastian novella, who is the same author of the Queer Principles of Kit Webb series. So I read Mm. Tommy Cabot Was Here, and I am starting another one of Cat Sebastian's books. So that's just who I am now. (laughs) Nice. Nice. What about you guys? Well, I am forever chaotic, so I'm not going <laughs> to even go through the ones I've read because I'm reading too many currently. So we're just going to talk about what I'm currently reading, which is Tomorrow in Tomorrow in Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, uh, which is a literary fiction, very popular book. I think it won the Goodreads Award last year. So give that a try. And then TikTok will not shut up about Carissa Broadbent, and apparently she is the next Sarah J. Mass. So I am reading The Serpent and the Wings of Night because apparently (laughs) it's supposed to give those same Akatar vibes. So I am putting it to the test. Literally, I haven't seen anyone talk bad about this book. So anyways, I'm reading that on my Kindle. And then I'm reading or listening to The Republic's The Republic of Pirates being the true and surprising story of the Caribbean pirates and the man who brought them down. Which is just a nonfiction about pirates. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'm watching Black Sails, which finished a few years ago, but I just got into it and I'm obsessed. And it's based off like real pirates, and a lot of them are in this book. It's free if you're an Audible member, you can get it on Audible Plus. And then lastly, I have decided March is the month that I am finishing Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. Ooh. <laughs> I believe it is going to happen. I've already gone through a hundred pages, so we're doing it. it. (laughs) You could do it. I don't know when we're recording next, but maybe that'll be done. Probably not, but we're good. It's it's happening by the end of this month. Wow. (laughs) And that's that. Well, Sam is a little more ambitious than I am. I am weirdly not reading any physical books at the moment, which I think is the first time that's ever happened. But that's partly because I'm reading two ebooks. I'm reading The Midnight Bargain by C.L. Polk, which is our Midnight Book Club book for this month. And Sophie suggested it. And I'm like three chapters in, but I can already tell why Sophie is the one who suggested it. (laughs) (laughs) It has a lot of (laughs) a lot of Sophie energy so far. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I think you'll like it if you haven't started it yet. I haven't. And then I'm also reading Unrivaled by Ashlyn Kane and Morgan James, which is a hockey romance. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I thought it, it was a lobster, lobster subplot. Yeah. <laughs> it has a lobster subplot, which I appreciate. And then I'm listening to Nona the Ninth Still by Tamsamir. Only this time I'm further in. And I have so many theories. Yeah. And she, questions. And she keeps texting them to me, which I and I can't Yes, I keep telling Sophie. I can't say anything. I can't do I can't I just can't answer. <laughs> Everything's can't a spoiler. Answer. I can't nothing. <laughs> I like how you had to deal with this with both of us because the books just make no goddamn sense. With Sam, it was harder because Sam can see my face most of the time we talk. Yeah. (laughs) I can't make an expression even. Just polite nod. I just remember when I finished Nona, I was like, Sophie, what? And I was like, finally. (laughs) (laughs) And like, Sophie was still explaining it to me and I was still like, what? (laughs) But not as bad as the other ones. No, it's much easier than the other two. If you liked this chapter A Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Tumblr. 
and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website midlightpod.podbean.com and on youtube and max with the confidence of most teens about to get their first job i had skills until yesterday i'd never had to use them that's so accurate me every day yeah this was the feeling when i started working at a engineering company and i had to do calculus again and i was like oh i had this i had this five years ago i 